We have so much to talk about. We have so much to laugh about. All here on Pinkly. What's up, everybody? This is actor Darren DeWitt Henson, and you're watching The Michael Finkley Show. Stay tuned, because there's a whole lot more. On the next Michael Finkley. Emmy Award-winning filmmaker and activist Loki Mahalan is with us. We chat about his Emmy win, the work that he does with race and social justice, and of course, his iconic mother, Joan Trump Power Mahalan. Next Finkley, coming up next. Show. Thanks for joining us today. Y'all, I'm excited to hear the news that Sherry Shepard is getting her own show called Sherry. She announced it yesterday during the Wendy Williams show. Take a look if you haven't seen it. Starting in September, I am debuting my own talk show, Sherry! <laughs> Anybody who knows me knows that I am a woman of faith. Mm. And I want to say, 2004 to 2022, the answer, when you're feeling like you have been forgotten, when you're feeling like people say no, it may not be no. God may be saying, it's not time. Congratulations, Cherry. We appreciate you. We love you. Congratulations. Do what it do. Do what it do. We will be watching. Congratulations again. Y'all, I'm excited to have this awesome guest with us and contribute to Black History Month. Um, his mother was a major trailblazer when it came down to civil rights. And he gets to talk about the perspective of his mother and also a perspective, a perspective of him as well growing up in this as well. So we're talking about advocate, filmmaker, Emmy Award winning filmmaker, um, Loki Mahalan. And again, he has a story like no other. So join us on this interview. Don't go away. Back in a moment. Coming up, we have Loki Mahalan with us. Don't you go away. Back in a moment. Hi, this is Grammy nominated Lavelle Crawford. You know me. But you are watching my man, Michael Finkley, on the Michael Finkley Show. Keep watching. His brother going play. on an all-new Michael Finkley. Did you love Soul Food, the TV series? What about Stomp the Yard? We cannot forget about the family business and Double Cross. Actor Darren DeWitt Henson is with us. We discuss his iconic role on the hit TV series Soul Food and his new roles in the family business and Double Cross. Next, Michael Finkley. Finkley Friday. Hello, everybody. It's Finkley from the Finkley Experience. 
educational consulting fund that specializes in first-generation education. So we assist students with their college and career endeavors. We train school administrators on the state of first-generation students. And also, we partner with colleges and universities to assist their first-generation population for easy transition from high school to college. So if you're looking for a presenter or a speaker that presents on these topics and so much more, visit our website at thethinkleyexperience.com and learn about all that we do. We're looking forward to working with you. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Michael Finkley Show. Now y'all, my next guest, he is an Emmy Award winning film artist and also when it comes down to being an author and an activist, y'all, the list goes on and on and on and he has an incredible story to tell as well. He is none other than Loki Mulholland. Loki, thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. You're very good. Quite, quite the introduction. I mean, I mean when you film, make, film what did you say, artist? Yes. Wow, man. Yes. That's impressive. Oh, <laughs> we worked on it. Oh, <laughs> all for you, sir. All oh, for hey. you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Um, what an incredible life you've lived thus far, right? What an incredible life. And it was impacted by one, your one and only mom. But we're going to talk about her as well yeah. as later in the interview, but we're in Black History Month and we're celebrating the lives of those who have come before us that have done some incredible things for the culture of African-Americans and presently as well. When you think of the term civil rights, what does that really mean to you? Um, you know, human rights, um, quite frankly. I mean, part of that civil rights is, you know, you know Part of what they were, what was being fought for, was the recognition that uh, you know African Americans are equal, that you know that, that they are human. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, that's you know segregationists. You know, they're just com they're coming straight off of the uh, you know straight straight from the plantation era as well, from slavery, with the mentality that you know African Americans are you know less than human, mm -hmm. and so we, they need to be treated that way. Mm -hmm. Screw it! The screw it! The, you know, the Declaration of Independence says and everything, right? We don't got time for that, right? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it was it was for basic human rights, um, and to and to be uh, a member of democracy because we have we're not a full we're not we we weren't a real democracy until everyone can vote, mm -hmm. and yet every year we seem to have to you know re up on our own democracy. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. I love that part, sir. I love that part. And one thing that rings supreme is, is that you said human, right? And the fact that as a, as a people, we were not treated that way as humans. And again, still fighting present day to still be what we call equal in so many yeah. ways. Yeah, uh, it's a basic humanity. I mean, God created people, not borders, right? And so, you know, if, if, and if, and if you believe in that principle, then then my gosh, I mean, the second great commandment is to love thy neighbor. Mm. Like my mom said, you know, we were just a bunch of hypocrites. And I think we quite honestly still are. Yeah, yeah. And you mentioned your mom. So can you introduce to the yeah. fam, right? Here we go. <laughs> All right? Because you know where we're yeah. getting there, right? Can you introduce to the Fink fam who your mom is and what yeah. she did to leave her mark in history? 
Yeah. So you say when you think of civil rights, obviously, I mean, first and foremost, I think about my mom um, because my mom is Joan Trump, Howard Mulholland. Uh, you know, she's by the time she was 19 years old, she'd been involved in about three dozen sit-ins and protests when she took that that iconic photo was taken of her of, of her mugshot, and then put on death row. And and uh, I mean, she's kind of the Forrest Gump of civil rights. I mean, my mom's never seen Forrest Gump and has no idea what I'm talking about, but. But she was like everywhere, and, and assignment for your mom, Forrest Gump. There we go. <laughs> but she, uh, I mean, she was everywhere, and and um, you know, you name the person in the event, and she probably knew them or interacted with them or or was there, and so it's it's a really really kind of you know fascinating story. But she was on the Klan's most wanted list, and she was hunted down for execution. I mean, all these things, and she will say like the, the most. It's a, it's a it's sad that the most famous photo ever is at the back of her head is what she likes to say. And it's that, that Jackson Warworth sit-in photo um, where they are pouring stuff on her head. Her head's turned towards Ann Moody and, and Professor John Salter sitting next to her. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's mom, right? Yeah. And she's a Delta, so. Of course she is. Now, if I'm not <laughs> mistaken, she was the first white woman initiated to Delta Sigma Theta. Is that that's, what? what's, that's what's been said. Um, that's what uh, apparently, you know, the higher ups say. Um, right. We, we don't know. You know, um, we just kind of roll with it. And it's like, hey, you know, it's one, I'll say one of the first. And my mom's just like, you know what? I'm just a Delta, you know. Right. But, right. Yeah. but she was definitely the first in, in Gamma Psi chapter at Tougaloo College, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, crossing in 1963. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And breaking barriers and maintaining that type of institution yeah. as well. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. During that time. And so she made again, she made her mark. How was that growing up for you to have a mom that had such a, a voice? Right. The volume was turned all the way up. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's interesting. My mom's really good at compartmentalizing. And so that was a chapter in her life. Um, you know, so her active time in the movement ended when she had children. Mm hmm. And I also like to say sort of the nonviolent part because, you know, she liked to spank us and everything, too. But, um, I mean, she still instilled in us these principles. We still had civil rights people come through the house and so forth. You know, they, they were still friends and they still talked about things. Uh, but it wasn't like, you know, we would sit down and let's have our civil rights lesson today. Right. But in the house, you know, for example, in the living room is a signed portrait of Jomo Kenyatta. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's just not normal in, in a white household. Um, you know, there's the civil rights books and so forth. There's just, it's, it's kind of eclectic in a sense, but it, what it did was it normalized things for us. Um, so our experiences were very different than the average white family. It probably should have been what every white family should have. But again, you know, our abilities to interact with people who weren't like us, right. To say, um, that was, that was just normal for us. Um, but, you know, and, and mom is just mom, right? And yes, we, we knew the photos, but we really didn't know the stories. Right, and we didn't know right. the details of those stories. And it wasn't until I did a, a film about her called An Ordinary Hero that suddenly all this came out. And I remember distinctly, you know, what really set it for me is, is I would ask somebody or I would, you know, call the muse- a museum for about a photograph. And without fail, every single time the response was, for Joan, anything. It was like, who is this woman? 
why are, why are people saying this? And it was just like, wow. Um, and then total strangers come up to her in tears and just like thanking her for what she did. I was just, you know, looking at a TikTok message today. Someone said, you know, if it wasn't for people like your mom, I wouldn't have been able to marry the man I married. You know, it's like, this is a young person. And it's like, wow. Um, to, to know that you had an impact on people's lives like that. Uh, you know, but mom, you know, she'll still, I mean, today she called me up and, you know, harassed me about something because that's what moms do, right? Doesn't matter how old you are. She's got, you know, do this, do that, right? So, right. Right. <laughs> and there's that balance. It's just kind of this weird sort of, you know, place you live in. Right. That part, all that part too. Yeah. Uh, when it, again, when it's come down to this incredible story of your mom and, you know, as you became, as you got to the point of really understanding what it was all about, how did you refrain from living in her shadow? Um, you know, she, so she went to Tougaloo College. She was the first white student there. And I wanted to go to Tougaloo. Um, we had visited the campus, you know, on and off for years. And, uh, you know, I had that, that, that fire back then, but I was just like, man, I just don't want to be in that shadow. Yeah. You, know, you want to be your own person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, 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 can I share a story about? Uh, okay, so, um, you know, I'm Joan's son, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Joan's got, my mother's got, you know, five boys. Um, but uh, I was in a house with uh, Megar Evers' home where he was assassinated. I was there with Marion Wright Edelman and some of her family and Rena Evers and my mom and investigative reporter Jerry Mitchell and so forth. And these people were kind of coming through and just greeting each other. There's people there who don't know each other. This lady comes, oh, Rena, I haven't seen you so long. How are you doing? Great hugs. You know, it's the South, right? And then she comes to me. I'm right next to Rena. And she's like, who are you? I'm like, ah. if I say Loki, it's going to be like, yeah, but who are you? Yeah, who are you? Oh, well, I'm a, you know, I looked at my mom and said, well, I'm, I'm Joan's son. Oh, my gosh, Joan, I didn't see you. You know, hugs, move on. And I'm just like, I was deflated, right? I mean, I did this film called The Uncomfortable Truth, and, and it won an Emmy, right? And I'm just like, you know, come on. I mean, I'm, I'm somebody, right? And, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's nothing like reality to, to put you back in place. But uh, <laughs> Rena leans over and says, don't worry, Loki, I don't have a name either. I'm just Megger's daughter. And so... We talked about it that night, her and I, and it just, you know, there's this, this sense that you want to be your own person. You want to, you know, blaze your own trail and, and so forth. But somehow and there's always that one kid in the family that the torch gets passed to in a sense that, you know, maintains and continues that legacy and to preserve those stories and to make sure that history doesn't forget. Yeah. Um, and it becomes that you, you, you eventually embrace that shadow and and, uh, and what i think is interesting now is is how many people are just you know thank me for my mom i'm like well you know she's the one who gave birth to me right but but in particular it's you know thanking me for sharing her with the world mm-hmm. right and being willing to 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 do that um you know i, I don't I, I don't have a normal relationship with my mom in that sense because so much of what i do is i share about her and 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 it's like, you know, there's, there's so much of that that goes on. And particularly with our, you know, with our TikTok page, um, whatever it's called, page channel, but I, I, you know, on TikTok, you know, we have so many stories on there that my mom just shares and it's great. Um, but it's like, okay, mom, let's sit down. Let's tell one of your stories. I mean, that's just kind of not your normal thing with your parents. 
Um, and so it's become my life, but, um, and I've, I've, I do my thing. That's, that's something that I've always, I remember we were at the, uh, well, today's February 1st that we're doing this interview and, um, you know, it's the anniversary of the Greensboro sit-in, right? February 1st, 1960. And my mother and I were there. She was receiving an award at the International Civil Rights Museum. And one of the Greensboro Forest kids came up to me and says, would you ever have, would you have sat at the lunch counter? And I said, you get asked the same thing, don't you? He goes, all the time. I'm like, yeah. And I says, what do you tell people? I said, I don't have to because my mother already did. He's like, wow, I'm going to use that. I said, however, I do qualify it. But I have to do what I can do because doing nothing's not an option. So I don't, I don't feel like I need to go out and march and sit at lunch counters and those, you know, whatever the equivalent is today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm taking the gifts that I've been given which is storytelling and filmmaking and so forth and using that voice. We all have a voice. Um, we just need to find what that is and then to use that voice to help move that work forward. Gotcha. Definitely. And, and, and it will continue with you at the helm, my friend. It will continue. It will definitely continue. Very curious though. Um, you know, we, we hear all the positivity, right? <laughs> Was there ever some type of feedback or negative feedback to where they may people may have said down through the year this white woman was involved in this colored thing quote unquote right she doesn't belong there has anything like that ever been said or happened um you know you you get you're always going to get someone who's i mean especially on like tiktok I and mean, we get all sorts of random comments people but th- those are people who are trying to be contrarian you get that all the time in social media and they're trying to you know get get attention by by contradicting everybody and so um you do get that but that also means they don't understand the civil rights movement right quite quite frankly they just really don't get what it's you know what it's all about um and that you needed people like my mom in there because I mean, let's, let's just be honest. I mean, America was just fine with, with, you know, African-Americans getting beaten and lynched. You know, they had no problem with that clearly because it's been going on for, you know, centuries. But once they started seeing people like my mom, mm-hmm. like in that photo, right. Suddenly, wait a second, there's, there's something going on here. This isn't right. So, um, and that's not to take away from the, the impact of, you know, other people. That's just saying, you know, that's just, that's just kind of the, the twisted mentality of America. Right. But it takes, you know, um, my, my good friend, Pastor Martin Lynch III says, you know, we need each other to survive. And we truly do. We, it takes all of us. Um, and, and the civil rights movement to me is, I call it the first great American revolution because it was all Americans involved for all Americans. It was the first revolution that was actually, you know, for everybody. Exactly. Exactly. Definitely. Um, I couldn't have said it better myself, my friend. But don't you go away. Don't go away. Got more questions for you. I'm I'm still stabilizing my seat here. Just getting getting set for round two. Let's do it. Back in a moment, y'all. Back in a moment. (laughs) Next, more with Loki. Don't you go away. Back in a moment. Guys, you're watching the Michael Finkley Show. This is Brian Heath, educator, author, motivational speaker, and stage killer. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you stay tuned in. Colors. What the? 
I'm sorry, sorry. I, I was starving. What was you eating on anyway? Let me put you on. This that Lucy's hoopy pie. Okay. Okay, okay. Hey, but uh, before you go, Marine, what, what can I get me one of those? Oh, at all the Super Target locations, Sergeant. Okay. And where can you get your chart sheet at in the morning? On your desk. As long as we track it. Everybody, welcome back to Michael Pickens Show. Still chatting with my newest friend, Loki. And we're talking about some incredible things here that you all just need to, if, you, if you're not listening, rewind or just do something because we are talking about some fantastic things here. And, and of course, the life of him and his mom, um, his mom being the awesome trailblazer that she still is present day. Um, please talk about this movie that um, you produced back in 2013, An Ordinary Hero. What was this about? So uh, it's about the life of my mom and, and the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. And uh, so like, you know, like, like previously I had said, you know, this used to Forrest Gump of civil rights. We kind of show all that, but we take people through the student movement. And because she touches so many points, we hit so many critical moments of the movement. So people really get a sense of this, but told this really interesting story that most people have never heard. Right. Um, yeah. Right. And also, too, during the, during the break, you pulled out an Emmy. Show the viewers that Emmy. Time, my yeah, right there. And tell <laughs> the viewers how that became to be. <laughs> um, so this film, that, that's from a film called The Uncomfortable Truth, which is about the history of institutional racism in America. And that actually, that idea for the film came in 2011 when I was interviewing uh, Luvon Brown, a, a freedom writer from Mississippi. Uh, for the film, An Ordinary Hero. And as we're in my mom's kitchen or dining room waiting for the camera crew to show up, he says something that just I, couldn't, I just couldn't let go. He said, you know, everyone knows where the drugs are, but you'll never see a SWAT team raid a university, but you'll always find them in the hood. Now, why is that? So I went on a journey of finding out, right, and just did this deep dive research. And... Uh, and then I started making the film. I, you know, I actually had already interviewed Luvon and such and, and uh, had, um, was writing the script for it. And every time I was writing it, it just, just didn't feel like something was right with it. I was just like, you know, anyone can make this, this documentary. There, and there's nothing new that I'm bringing to the table with this thing. And so I told my mom, it's like, you know what, I'm not doing this. You know? And she's like, you know, we don't. and she's a mom, right? She's like, no, you have to. You know, you've worked so hard on it. I'm like, look, mom, films come and go all the time. It's, it's okay. She goes, well, well, you know, you should really work on it. So I, I, you know, I did what I do sometimes and I prayed. And I remember very distinctly the very next day, my wife and I are walking, taking our walk. Um, and I know exactly where I was. And uh, the spirit said, the voice is clear as you and I talking right now, said, check your family history. And at that moment, two things happened. One was the story that my grandmother used to tell me. And I hadn't thought about in 20 years. And I, we call it the hundred slave story. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, that I had thought about in probably 20 years flashed right back in my mind. And simultaneously with that, the entire movie unfolded just like that. And I turned to my wife and said, the movie's done. And she's like, what? I said, it's done. I know exactly what to do now. Now, the next day I was sitting really just kind of digging deep and just my thoughts on it. And I was like, 
it said, check your family history, but that wasn't a check. That was a memory. Mm -hmm. So then I started doing the genealogy work. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found out our family went back to a direct, I'm a direct descendant of, of, a, of one of the original planner elites who served in the House of Burgesses. Our family arrived in Jamestown in 1610. And so we helped start the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. Now you have that historical arc taking place. And combined with this story that my grandmother told that we're solving that riddle and up to the journey of my mom and that pivot in our family history. Right. And this is told in combination with Lou Von Brown, who, who inspired me to do the film and his take on this history at the same time. So it's a very, very personal film in that regards. And, and, and people, I get messages, uh, you know, probably every day now um, where it's like, you know, uh, you know, thank you. I, I had no idea, right? Mm-hmm. People felt lied to because they never heard this story before. Why weren't we taught this? Well, because your teachers didn't know it, exactly. right? They, exactly. they, you know, they can only teach what they know mm-hmm. and or what the standards tell them as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah. Uh, and this film came out in 2017. It's on Amazon Prime, and it continues to. It's gotten over a million views easily at this point. Um, and it, I think it averages about 1,500 views a day still. You know. It's still so relevant, my friend. Sadly so. It is. It yeah. really is. In all of this, in your journey, in your personal journey as you being the being that you are, with learning more in depth about your mom when you got older, making this movie, making these documentaries, winning Emmys, right? What did you learn or what are you still learning about you? Oh man, what am I still learning about me? I've never been asked that question before. Um, you know, I don't know how to answer that. I, I think I'm learning, um, you know, humility. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm learning, you know, that, that ability to see it through, yeah. right? To keep fighting the good fight. Um, as my mom would say, as she quotes her friend, John Lewis, you know, the late, you know, John Lewis is, you know, keep making good trouble. Good trouble. Good and trouble. it's, it's um, just perseverance um, and having patience. I think it's probably one of the bigger things is having the patience to meet people where they're at, try to bring them along. Um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's real easy to yell at people. It's real easy to get on Facebook and blow them up. Right. It's a whole other thing to, if you really, you know, want things to change, you need to change people. And I've I've said in the past, you know, if you attack someone's ignorance, they're going to double down on stupid. Right. And they they will defend their ignorance, you know, you know, to the end. If if they feel, you know, if they feel attacked because now it becomes personal. But if you, if you have the patience and the willingness and the desire to truly end racism, then you need to change those those individuals and change how they see things and go, okay, you know what? Um, maybe I was wrong and I need to learn. And it does happen. You know? um, now, it's easy for me to say as a white man who doesn't have to deal with the microaggressions and everything else. Um, but you know, I firmly believe that racism is a white disease that you know, we've asked everyone else to cure. Mm. And so it's coming upon us as white people that we should be speaking out about this we should be you know just like my mom 
doing what's right, even when it's not easy. And she said, you know, she, my mom saw that little schoolhouse. Yeah. You know, that, that's this little schoolhouse for black children on stone piles with no glass in the window, you know, no screen, no, no plumbing, nothing. Right. Just a shack. And that was in stark contrast to a brand new brick school for the white kids. And she, she just instinctively said, you know, this is wrong. And I'm going to do something about it. She didn't say this is wrong. Oh, well, or this is wrong. What can I do? She said, no, I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. And we all need to be like that 10 year old little girl. If, if a 10 year old little girl can figure that out, the rest of us can too. And so I just continue to try to do that. As my mom had once said, you know, I can't do everything, but I can do something because doing nothing is not an option. Yeah. And that's what we just need to do. That's what we need to do. Definitely. Well put. Well said, my friend. I thank you for being who you are. And I thank your mama for being who she is. And I thank your mama for having you for being who you are. <laughs> thank yeah. you. Thank you for your words, sir. How can they follow your journey on social media? Yeah. So, yeah, we're on Facebook and Instagram. That's um, under my name, Loki Mulholland. You know, we have the foundation website, the jtmfoundation.org. You know, we're, you know, I said previously we're on TikTok and we've got a, a growing following. I think we're like, you know, uh, 168,000 followers and all that sort of, you know, fun stuff. But, you know, I'm, 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 I'm trying to drop a little, you know, little knowledge there. And, uh, and I've got all sorts of stories from my mom. You know, that, uh, that aren't, that didn't make the film. Right. It just, it's just even more. And we show, we have clips of the films as well and so forth and different films that we've done. But most importantly, it's just another way to, uh, for people to learn more about, you know, what we're doing. Um, and in our foundation, we know we do scholarships. We have these, this whole campaign. We're doing weekly micro scholarships and micro grants, we call them. And, and uh, we have scholarships that we're doing with uh, Virginia State University right now. We're expanding that. In addition, we continue to do documentaries. I'm finishing up uh, an Emmett Till film, and I have another short doc that I'm working on. And we just and I've got a book as well that I just need to get published. It's, you know, that's sitting in the sitting in the wings, and we're just doing what we can do. And you're doing it, sir. And you're yeah. doing it well. Continue, sir. Please, because the world still needs you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> do we do we do need you sir thank you thank you so much back in a moment y'all don't you go away Winifred A. Winston, founder and executive director of Dyslexia Advocation and the host of the Black and Dyslexic podcast, and you're watching The Michael Finkley Show. And the survey says... We appreciate you so much for watching. On an all new Michael Finkley. Did you love Soul Food, the TV series? What about Stomp the Yard? We cannot forget about the family business and Double Cross. Actor Darren DeWitt Henson is with us. We discuss his iconic role on the hit TV series Soul Food and his new roles in the family business and Double Cross. Next Michael Finkley. Finkley Friday. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Michael Finkley Show. I hope that you learned something from our guest today. Thank you so much, Loki, for being with us and telling us your experiences in your words. We appreciate you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
If you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Michael Finkley Show. Ring that bell for notification. We'll see you an email saying, hey, new content is uploaded. Please listen to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And for more information about what we do on the show, visit our website, michaelfinkleyshow.com. Of course, U42, visit us at U42.com. Check out our content there. There's some surprises along the way, I promise you. Thank you so much for watching. And guess what? We'll see you next time. Have a good one.